and welcome to Visa Talks, interesting discussion with interesting people from all around the world. I am your host for today, Maria Roa, and I am delighted to be joined by Diana Georgieva. Diana is an enthusiastic, talented, multifaceted localization professional with more than 10 years of experience and a talent and passion for languages. She is focused on delivering near native localized experience that enable users, regardless of their native tongue or cultural background, to access knowledge, technology, and entertainment. Diana is a senior localization manager at Plio. Plio is a Danish fintech company with offices in London, Berlin, Stockholm, and Madrid that aims to solve the woos of expense reports. Its software allows you to streamline your company expenses by only clicking a button and taking a snapshot of the receipt. I'm already thinking how useful this is. Diana, you are very welcome to the show. Thank you for being here and sharing your experience with us. Let's move on as I have a number of things I would like to discuss with you. Uh, I bet our audience uh, would love to know how everything started because actually this is like, I am already seeing like a thousand users that I can't give to Clio, not really having to keep all my tickets and then putting them on an Excel sheet. So how did Clio come to the conclusion they needed localization? How was the journey and what was the driving force? Yeah, thank you so much, Maria, for having me on the show. And um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I'd say uh, localization has been part of um, Leo's DNA from from the very beginning. Um, our mission is to make people feel valued at work, and I believe that having the ability to use our products uh, in one's native language uh, contributes to, to just that, to making people feel valued at work. So uh, maybe a little bit about me. I joined Plio um, back in uh, August last year, just a few weeks after we uh, announced um, our Series C funding, uh, which was the most uh, extensive Series, v, series C funding uh, in Denmark at the time. Um, and I was hired to build the localization team and uh, our localization program. So before I joined, uh, the localization effort had been, uh, had been there uh, definitely from the very beginning. We're a Danish company. We've always had our products localized into Danish. Um, we had that also localized for Swedish, German, Spanish when we entered those markets. Um, that was before my time, but that effort had been uh, very, very dispersed and carried out by some very passionate uh, internal employees and some freelancers, but again, no uh, streamlined program, uh, no, um, no central place to, to handle that. So uh, with the ambition that we had for 2022 uh, to expand into 15 new markets, uh, we needed a more streamlined and more structured approach to to handling that. So, so this is um, this is where where I came in, and and now I can probably say we have a content localization team, and we have some processes in place to cover all those content types, and um, the, this is all setting us up for success um, in our uh, pan-European expansion journey. Well, so it was 15 new markets will guide you to decide you needed uh, actually localization. That's that's pretty big. I understand at the beginning it was just like one country by one country. 
and then you decide 15 at the time that that needed to, you know, like a whole team to work on it. So I guess then this is your first year on going into localization as a team, right? Uh, how did you choose which markets you wanted to focus on and how was building a program from scratch? Yeah. Um, yeah, 50 new markets in 2022. That has been uh, our mantra ever since I joined mm -hmm. and started building the program. So building the localization program from scratch, I could say, was and is continuing to be a lot of fun. It is what attracted me to Plio uh, in the first place, um, to, to the opportunity to build that. Um, specifically for the market selection, uh, a lot of factors have uh, gone into the consideration. So um, um, things like the size of the market, um, our existing licenses, we, are, mm -hmm. uh, we operate in financial services uh, and we are are regulated by the different authorities in the markets we operate in. Then, um, then comes the payment infrastructure in those markets uh, and how that fits within um, our current uh, capabilities. Um, and we've also taken into account uh, local cultural attitudes around expense management and company spend, um, the competitor landscape, Things like local proficiency in English uh, in, um, and the official and business languages preferred and used in the countries that we are entering. So these are some of, some of the things we've been considering. And here, major, major kudos goes to um, our market readiness teams and um, our user research teams who have made an incredible contribution to getting us um, up to speed and to and dispersing all that knowledge so we can we can uh, leverage on it as a content localization team well yeah you do need those teams obviously to, to enter there so kudos to them and I, actually you were talking about the licenses and the payment methods and the way actually they they do take care of their expenses because you're right they might be different in each country so uh, I guess this counts as uh, barriers when you have to to get into a country. Uh, were these the only ones barriers, the only barriers you found, or or did you have to overcome different barriers to to be successful when entering new countries? What would you say are the main lessons you learned when you were trying to enter a new country from your experience? Yeah, for sure. So. Um... Yeah, these are some some things uh, that uh, that we definitely considered. Mm -hmm. um, something else that I would add is uh, engaging with uh, with local partners on the mm -hmm. ground and 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 learning more uh, on how that that landscape and those partnerships can be built. Um, um, for uh, but for the localization team specifically, and also maybe mostly for me is the biggest learning. Um, I think the hardest part when dealing with a very, very ambitious goal uh, and building something from scratch has been prioritization and focus. Mm -hmm. So something that I'm dealing with um, daily, um, aiming and trying to stay focused on the initiatives that will help us uh, stick to that critical path for expansion that will help us uh, go to market as fast as possible, but also with um, um, with the best 
as the most relevant assets. So, so always keeping that user journey in mind as well um, while we are optimizing for speed. That's kind of um, juggling between many different things, but still trying to prioritize and focus on, on the mo most important ones. And staying focused also means saying no to a lot of things. <laughs> so that, that's, that's, a, that's a hard learning for, for, for someone, but also it's, 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 a, it's a hard learning yes. for a very ambitious uh, team. Um, yeah. and, and, um, but it's, it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's how you stay focused on building the right things. Um, and, um, and another maybe lesson or takeaway that I've had, um, had so far looking back, uh, I think I was, uh, I was in an interview process with the book Pleo just, just, uh, just a year ago, exactly a year ago. So I remember when I was, when I was pitching, uh, for what I can do for Pleo, um, <laughs> the things that I thought were most important to solve from the beginning when building the program were getting the right uh, partners in place, uh, hiring the right people for the team, and um, also building the right tooling or infrastructure around that. Uh, and uh, what I've learned since, while these things are, yeah, of course, very, very important, um, I've learned also that from experience um, that um, having a compelling vision and um, focusing on stakeholder management even more is, uh, is, is vital. It's, it is even more important than solving these foundational challenges that, that you have when you're setting up the program from scratch. So uh, yeah, it's been a tremendous growth opportunity for me and, um, and a privilege to be part of, uh, of this journey with Plio um, and um, be at the forefront of launching into these new markets. It sounds an amazing journey and there's still a lot to grow, which is even best. <laughs> a lot of new countries to enter. So yeah, it's going to be amazing to see it grow. Uh, so many people think localization is just uh, an area that needs to focus on something and it doesn't touch other departments or it doesn't need the help of other departments. But I do believe uh, localization needs to align with other functions inside uh, a company. So how do you at PLEO align localization with other strategic functions in the organization? Yeah, that's uh, another another great question, I think. <laughs> Something yeah, we, some we, people we, think yes. it's just like, you know, like yeah. its own department and they don't do anything with anyone else. But I think it's a big part of a whole company, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think at PLEO, um, we're very, very privileged as a localization team to be uh, strategically placed in, um, in what we call our market expansion domain. So mm -hmm. domains at PLEO are cross-functional units that are dedicated to solving a specific problem space. Um, so market expansion is, 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 is a domain that is focusing uh, on getting us uh, to market into all of these uh, new markets that we are we're launching in this year. And in market expansion, we have folks from all different competencies. We have marketing people, we have engineers, we have sales people, we have designers, we have product management uh, folk, yeah. you know, all, all, all around competencies. So we work uh, within the domain, we work very closely with these people to, to from the different competencies to understand uh, what are the specific needs and requirements. 
what are their ways of working and how how we can work together and how we can build these synergies to 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 really deliver um, at speed um, and uh, we've 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 been fortunate to to have um, the advice from all, all these people to how to to build um, processes together and continue building because uh, that work is that work is never finished and it can always be optimized on um, but within the team as well, um, on a more granular level, we have uh, specialists that are uh, covering um, different parts of the localization journey as well, based on core competency and also of interest. So we have engineers, we have uh, people that are focusing more on the marketing assets mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah, as you say, localization touches everything, design, engineering, marketing. <laughs> Well, would you be willing to share with us um, how your localization team actually operates on a daily basis? What, what do they do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're we're a small agile team. We have two localization specialists. Uh, we have um, three um, localization engineers and myself as the team lead. Um, and, and also we work with um, external language services providers uh, that are catering for, for a lot of the localization work. Uh, and that we see as uh, as an extension of uh, of our team. Um, on a practical level, we run as an agile team in biweekly sprints. Mm -hmm. We catch up on um, primary focus and blockers uh, um, in twenty minute daily standups. And then, uh, if you look at um, at our roadmap, it contains both very very concrete and uh, tangible initiatives. Um, such as making our content available in, in a specific new language. Mm -hmm. uh, but also it contains a lot of technical process improvements and uh, infrastructure building um, and new tooling initiatives. So it's, it's, a, it's a good mix of both. Um, and um, yeah, so when we are not working on um, launching new locales, um, we focus on improving the existing processes, the existing workflows and um, on building as much automation as possible um, in those content localization workflows. And I know this sounds a little bit technical, maybe for some, some listeners, but um, it's, it's really trying to remove uh, any manual steps that are unnecessary, any file handling, any, anything like that that could be uh, automated and could be done in a smarter way. So it's kind of the ethos of, of what we're doing overall as a company on a higher level, um, solving that for, for expense management as well as the content acquisitions team is trying to solve for also in terms of overhead and processes within the organization. Hmm. Really interesting. I know you kind of responded to this before, but if you had to say one thing that is essential to succeed when uh, you enter a new market, what would you say it is? I'd say the top thing would be Enter fast and learn fast and pivot. Um, don't wait until you have the perfect uh, content and perfect assets and all the people in place and only then open, uh, open a new market and start working. Uh, find a way to do this uh, lean, agile, uh, quickly, and then, and then um, learn quickly from, learn from the first. Everything. 
Yes, basically. Yes. That's exactly the same thing I learned. Uh, well, at a marketing master that I did, um, they were like, forget about doing things perfect because then you'll take too long and uh, it will never be perfect anyways. So do it fast, do it clean and learn from your mistakes. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's the greatest learning I had from one of my best teachers at my master's. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it's hard. It is, it's a hard thing to do if you're a perfectionist. It it's is. It's a hard really thing to do to align what's, what's fast and what's, uh, uh, you know, core or what's minimum uh, exactly. viable product minimal is. Viable yes. Minimal viable product. Uh, that's it, Diana. But get that alignment early on within your team uh, and, um, and crack on and get those learnings in because um, there are many things that we, we have discovered in the, new, in, in the initial research uh, stages, but many things also that we, we didn't anticipate and uh, we only learned when we launched a new, the first market, but then implemented all those learnings in the subsequent launches. You said it, Diana. That's like uh, for a perfectionist, it's, it's the hardest thing. Uh, uh, but but it it actually works. Uh, it has proven to work to do a minimal viable product. So yeah, I do agree. I think that's a great learning for our listeners. So thank you for that. Uh, so let's go for another advice for our audience. Uh, what about advice would you give them about going global as a startup or a unicorn as you are? What would be your top two tips? Top two tips? Um, or going global as a unicorn. For going global. Or a startup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so do your research first. Mm-hmm. Um, um, understand why you're targeting a certain market, what, what is the projections, what are the commercials, what, what will be your investments that you're willing to make, uh, and localization being, being part of that. Uh, and then, as I said, uh, enter fast. Once you've, you've done the initial research and you feel comfortable, learn fast. Uh, but then while, when you do that, or while you do that, build an internal playbook of how 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 you're going to do this, um, and um, and then continuously refine, refine that playbook, validate your assumptions in that playbook, and um, and also promote the usage of that playbook, um, because um, what I, what I've learned in the in the different launches, so the the localization team we're basically the same people other core functions it's it's also the same people so there is that incremental learning uh, that is built up within the people doing doing the, those launches but there are other people that are involved um, that are market specific launchers and they need to be able to be brought up to speed very quickly while you're preparing um, and set up for success so they will be people that uh, will have to to ramp up and have that knowledge very quickly so um, having this internal playbook really helps but also refining that and promoting that and, and equipping new joiners we've, we've also gr grown incredibly in terms of headcounts uh, we have um, doubled the, the company since the, since I joined last year so uh, oh. we're around 
700 people now so oh my having, goodness having a really good process for for onboarding people and setting them up for success uh, is not to to you know um underestimate that's amazing well uh we we came to the end so is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today um yeah i will leave you um with um one of my favorite quotes it's by this uh, famous american football coach mm -hmm. uh, paul brown and um and something very dear to heart i i, I received the, the quote on a card from one of my mentors uh very early in my career uh and it has informed and inspired uh, my strategy and planning um i'd say ever since and um yeah there goes uh, it's uh, when you win say nothing when you lose say less um and in other words what this means to be is um bragging about your most successful um initiative or achievement um is the step towards making you overconfident therefore you should always uh, be concerned about uh, your failures or where, where where you could improve more uh, because this is where the learnings are and and this is how you can gather experiences um, and then failures tell you how to basically change your game plan um, to win next time. That's so, a really great yeah, quote. That's so it. Thank you for that and thank you for sharing. And I don't know why, but this has been like like a minute visa talk. I mean, it felt like it all went super fast, uh, but it was great. Thank you for sharing all those tips with us. So that's the end of today's show with Diana Georgieva. Please make sure to tune in again uh, to see and, to or, and or to listen to the next Vista Talk show where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world. <laughs>